and four of the printed Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in the first epistle of Peter, the second chapter, verses 11 and 16. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, Live as servants of God. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Fellow redeemed, how to live a Christian life. That is the subject of countless books trying to explain what it means to live like a Christian. They attempt to address questions such as, how can I increase my faith? How can I know God's will for my life? I know that I'm a Christian, now what? 
How to Live a Christian Life is also the title of a translation of a famous writing by Martin Luther, commonly known as The Freedom of a Christian. Luther begins this writing with two apparently contradictory propositions. A Christian is the most liberated master of everyone and subject to no one, and a Christian is the most dutiful servant of everyone and subject to everyone. First, a Christian is the most liberated master of everyone and subject to no one. As members of the human race, we were born into slavery. Ever since Adam and Eve's fall into sin, every human child is conceived and born with a sinful nature. This means we are born in slavery to sin and death and the devil. Jesus says in John 8, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. As a result, we are cast out of God's household. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. We were held in slavery by our fear of death. Rejoice, for Jesus came to set us free. He did this by taking upon himself our slavery. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus wore our chains and by his death broke the bonds and cords that bind us. No longer can the law condemn us. No longer can death threaten us. No longer can the devil accuse us. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus, our righteousness. The cross of Jesus is the triumph over sin and death and the devil. All the things that kept us in prison. But Jesus has broken down the prison wall and torn the door off its hinges and slashed through our bonds. We are set free. And if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. This freedom is ours by faith. In holy baptism, we are brought to faith and taken out of the house of bondage and into the Father's house, the household of faith. There, by hearing and reading God's word, we are strengthened in our faith and freedom. As Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How do we use this freedom? There are two traps we can easily fall into when it comes to freedom. Two ditches on either side of the narrow path that leads to life. They are known as legalism and antinomianism. Legalism is what happens when the law is misused in such a way that we think our keeping of the law is what makes us right with God. And so following rules becomes the main point of the church's teaching and practice. The gospel is replaced with a set of rules to keep to show how religious you are. 
Antinomianism is a fancy word for against the law. It tries to get rid of God's law in the life of the Christian and tries to get us to use our freedom as a license to do whatever feels right. It sees God's law as too restrictive and instead conforms to the lawlessness of the world in which we live. Like the serpent of old, it questions God's commands and asks, God didn't really say that, did he? Here's an example of how legalism and antinomianism both try to get us to misuse our Christian freedom. Legalism says, don't use any alcohol at any time for any reason or purpose. Antinomianism says, I'm forgiven. Let's go get drunk to prove we're not legalists. Do you see? Legalism goes beyond God's moral law to make even stricter rules to follow and then passes judgment on others who do not follow them. Antinomianism says, I can do whatever I want. The problem is they're both wrong. Both steal away God's love for us and our love for him and our neighbor. But our flesh loves them both. Both are examples of fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Our flesh loves legalism because then we get to be the judges and measure and exalt other, ourselves above others. Our flesh loves antinomianism because we give ourselves license to live however we want to indulge our fleshly lusts. This we see today especially in prevailing permissive attitudes towards sexually explicit and pornographic material, homosexuality, living together outside of marriage, and sexual activity outside of marriage. This is our flesh warring against our soul. But the freedom of the gospel is not freedom to sin, but rather the freedom to live a chaste and decent life in what we think and say and do. A Christian is the most liberated master of everyone, subject to no one. So we can say to the devil and the world, you are not my master. But we must not forget to say, self, you are not my master. Otherwise, we will use our freedom as a cover-up for evil. We are set free, not so we can go and sin more, but we are set free that we might love and serve our neighbor. This is what is meant by Luther's second proposition. A Christian is the most dutiful servant of everyone and subject to everyone. Our motivation and strength to live as free people yet subject to everyone comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was Lord and master of all, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So here we are 
tempted on one hand to lose our freedom, and on the other hand to abuse it. And the solution? It is not found in striking the right balance between the two. Rather, the Lord Jesus would deliver us with his word of law and gospel. He comes to show us our utter sinfulness, our slavery to death, and grants us repentance, sorrow over sin. And then comes his answer, his own death on the cross. By his life freely given, he has set us free, free to love and serve him and our neighbor. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Almighty and eternal God, you bid us to walk as pilgrims and strangers in this passing world, seeking that abiding city which you have prepared for us in heaven. We pray you so to govern our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we, avoiding all fleshly lusts which war against the soul, and being quietly obedient to the rule which you have set over us, may show forth your glory before the world by our good works. For Jesus' sake, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <laughs>